My five-year-old daughter and I often walk through an old cemetery to reach a local playground. One day, she saw someone push a stick into the soil near a gravestone and hang a wreath on it. Why did that man put a wreath on the grave, she asked. He wanted to remember the person who died, I said. My daughter asked, will someone do that for me when I die? I'm sure they will, I said, mentally preparing myself for the next question. We walked in silence for a few moments. Then my daughter turned to me and said, it won't be fair. All I'll see is the stick. <laughs> you know, today, that's all many people see when it comes to life, just the stick. They look at life pessimistically, without purpose, without hope, without confidence and direction for the future. They're like Disraeli, who once said this, Youth is a blunder, manhood a struggle, old age a regret. They're like Shakespeare who wrote, life is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. They are like the college students who are asked to give a definition of life for their school newspaper. And here were some of the definitions that were published and one honorable mention. Number one. Life is a joke that isn't funny. Number two, life is a disease for which the only cure is death. Number three, life is a jail sentence that we get for the crime of being born. These people only see the stick. They are not unlike Dr. Jack Kevorkian, who is known as the doctor of death, who said this, life is a pack of lies and God is an invention of human beings. Today, I want you to see clearly that Jesus Christ is the Lord of life because anytime, anywhere, any place, I'll take the Lord of life over Disraeli, or Shakespeare, or Dr. Death, or those college students, or anyone else who just sees the stick when it comes to life. Those who don't know the reality of death and the promise of eternal life in Christ. But the Lord of life, Jesus Christ, does know these things. And today, we are going to see how Jesus Christ is God's answer to our death. This morning, we finish up our Miracles on Parade message series where we've been looking at the seven miracles of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Today, we come to the seventh and final miracle of Jesus. They all built, all of these miracles built to this one miracle where we see how Jesus Christ gives us victory over death. So I'm going to ask to, you to open up your Bibles now to John chapter 11. Please turn in your Bibles to the 11th chapter of John's Gospel. John chapter 11. 
get out your message notes from your worship folder, pencil or pen to write with, and you'll be ready for today's message. Now, you ought to know that these verses that we're going to delve into today from John chapter 11 really flow out of a declaration that Jesus made in John chapter 10, where Jesus Christ said this about the purpose of his coming. Look at what he said in John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said, there on your notes, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So today, I want to ask and answer a question. It appears on your notes. Here's the question. What does it mean to know Jesus Christ as the Lord of life, as God's answer to your death? And you're going to learn today from John 11 that it means three things. You can write these three things on your notes. First of all, it means that you will experience life in Jesus. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord of life, as God's answer to your death, you will experience life in Jesus. Now, fasten your seatbelt, not that you have one there on your chair, but fasten your seatbelt because we are about to read the longest narrative of a miracle found in the Gospel of John. John chapter 11, verses 1 to 44. Follow along in your Bible, please. If you don't have your Bible, we'll also show it up on the screen, starting with verse 1. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let's go back to, to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, 
If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you, ya you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Jesus reached the place where, or when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. So what does it mean to know Jesus Christ as the Lord of life and as God's answer to your death? It means, first of all, that you will experience life in Jesus. Write that on your notes. You will experience life in Jesus. In this narrative, Jesus points out that there are really two kinds of people. And here are the two kinds of people. First of all, there are people who are dead even when they appear alive. People who are dead even when they appear alive. One thing for sure, this community called Mission Liberty Hill has a lot of folks like this walking our streets. People who are living and breathing physically, but inwardly, spiritually, eternally, they are dead in their trespasses and sin. Cut off from God, 
cut off from life. They have physical life, but they have no true spiritual life through Jesus Christ and faith in him. They are walking dead people. Yes, there are people who are dead even when they appear alive. Now, I'm happy to tell you that Jesus talks about a second kind of person, and we see that in this narrative in John 11. These are people who are alive even when they appear dead. People who are alive even when they appear dead. This is who Jesus was referring to when he said these words to Martha in John 11. Look at verses 25 and 26 in your Bible where Jesus said in verse 25 and 26, listen to this, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you want to see a man who will never die? You're looking at him. That's right. Because I know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior by God's grace through faith, I am experiencing life in Jesus. This means that I am not sitting around waiting to get eternal life someday. I already have eternal life in Jesus Christ. This means, according to Jesus, that I can absolutely, totally never die. Oh, yes, my body may cease to function one day, but my soul will live on forever and ever. If I was preaching this morning and suddenly in the middle of my sermon, I went like this and bang, I fell to the floor. Your first thought might be, oh, well, at least it's going to be a shorter sermon this morning. <laughs> but then your second thought might be, is Pastor Mike okay? And you know, Rich would probably run, run up here right away since he sits up toward the front just waiting for someone to drop. And, you know, he'd get the AED out from the back and throw the jumper cables on me, so to speak. And, and, you know, I would not respond in any way, shape, or form. So finally, Rich might look up at you and say, he's dead all right. And that would be true, but it also wouldn't be true. I simply would have moved out and on to another place, a better place. And this is true not only for me, it's true for you too if you are trusting in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You are experiencing life, eternal life in Jesus. And this is true not only for you, it is true for every one of your loved ones who have died in the Lord, trusting in Christ as, your, as their Savior. They are alive even when they appear dead. As surely as Jesus walked up to Lazarus' tomb and said, Lazarus, come out, Jesus walks up to you today and says to your heart, he calls you by name and he says, come out, 
Come out of death to life. Come out of doubt to faith. Come out of indecision to a spirit-led faith decision to trust in me alone as your personal Savior. For he says, I am the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. And he who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, when you know Jesus Christ as your Lord of life, as God's answer to your death, you will experience life in Jesus. And secondly, write this on your notes, you will embrace liberty through Jesus. You will embrace liberty through Jesus. Let's pick up where we left off in our Bibles in the second half of verse 44. And look at what the second half of verse 44 says. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Here Jesus didn't just speak a word of life. Lazarus come out. Now he speaks a word of liberty. Take off his grave clothes and let him go. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. Would you have wanted Lazarus to come over to your house for Sunday dinner right after he walked out of that tomb? Probably not. I mean, Lazarus would have had life, but the stench of death was still upon him. He was still wrapped up in those dirty, decaying, rotting, smelly grave clothes. Lazarus was at the same stage that many people are in life. They've come to Christ. They know Christ as their Savior. They've been made alive in Him, but they're not living in the freedom that Jesus Christ wants them to have. They have life, but they do not yet have liberty. They're wrapped up in the old grave clothes of the old life, the old lies, the old lusts, the old ways of thinking, the old ways of acting, the old ways of speaking. They're wrapped up in the grave clothes of the old life when Jesus wants them to have not only life, but liberty. So Jesus said in John 8, 36, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And I want to tell you, this is, and you see a lot of folks like this in the Christian church, and that's why I want to tell you that you need the church of Jesus Christ. Why? Because just like Lazarus couldn't take off the grave clothes by himself, someone else had to unwrap him from those in a similar way, you cannot take off the grave clothes of your old life by yourself. You just can't do it. You can't unwrap those things off of you that would hold you back. You need help with that. In a sense, we could say that the ministry of the church, the ministry of Mission Liberty Hill, is twofold. It is to call forth the dead and unwrap the living. It is to call forth the dead, to look at our lost friends and neighbors, co-workers, pray for them, care for them, share the good news of Jesus Christ with them so that they might trust in Christ's death for the forgiveness of their sins and his resurrection for their eternal life. And then we are also here 
to unwrap the living, to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to help one another move on to greater uh, living for God, a life that more and more reflects Christ-likeness. We can't do this on our own. I want to tell you as your pastor, I've had times in the uh, days that I've been here at Mission Liberty Hill where uh, just a conversation with someone else has helped me take off just one more of the old grave clothes that I still sometimes still wear. Seeing another person find victory in some area of their life has helped me find victory in my life. This is why we need the church of Jesus Christ. We're here to call forth the dead and to unwrap the living. This is what it means to know Jesus as your Lord of life, as God's answer to your death. When you know him that way, you will experience life in Jesus, and you will embrace liberty through Jesus. And I'm happy to tell you it doesn't stop there. There's one more thing. Write it on your notes. When you know Jesus as your Lord of life, as God's answer to your death, you will also enjoy love with Jesus. You will enjoy love with Jesus. Now I want you to go in your Bible to the next chapter of the Gospel of John. This is so neat. The first two verses of John, uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Look at what they say, John 12, 1 and 2. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived in Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Isn't that tremendous? First, Lazarus experiences life in Jesus. Then, Lazarus embraces liberty through Jesus. And now, we see Lazarus enjoying love and intimate fellowship with Jesus because Jesus has taken him from the tomb to the table, the table of intimate love and fellowship with him. And I want to say to you that the same thing happens to you. It really does. When you experience life in Jesus and you embrace liberty through Jesus, you will enjoy intimate love and fellowship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as he talks to you through his word, as you read your scriptures each day, as his spirit within you guides you and orders your steps, as you converse with him in prayer, as he gives you peace amid your problems, as he gives you his closeness amid the challenges of life you face, you go from the tomb to the table. And I can't think of a better morning than this morning to do what we're going to do in just a moment, and that's share in Holy Communion, the table of the Lord. Because in this meal, as surely as Jesus gave himself for you on the cross, in this meal, Jesus gives himself his life, his liberty, his love to you right now in this meal as you come by faith. And as you take of him, you will 
experience life in Jesus, liberty through Jesus, and enjoy love with Jesus. So when you come to communion today, I want you to say these words right here. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for taking me from the tomb to the table. Say that out loud with me. Jesus, thank you for taking me from the tomb to the table. Say it again. Jesus, thank you for taking me from the tomb to the table. That's the life that Jesus was talking about when he said, I am the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in me, even though he dies, he will live forever, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And that, my friends, is a lot more than just the stick. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, you are our Lord of life, the only answer to our death. Thank you, thank you for such a wonderful finale to the parade of miracles that we have been sharing in these days here at Mission Liberty Hill. You truly have saved the best for last. Today, by your grace through faith, we answer the same invitation that you gave to Lazarus when you said to him, Lazarus, come out. We come to you from sin and death and trust in you as our Savior. We trust in you alone for life today and forever. And we thank you that we're not alone. You have given us a family of faith, this church family, to help unwrap us from our grave clothes of old ways of thinking, believing, speaking, and doing. May we continue to keep taking off the grave clothes of the old way of life and embracing liberty through you. And thank you, thank you, Jesus, that you give us your love afresh today in this meal. And as we come to you, we truly will experience life in Jesus, embrace liberty through Jesus, and enjoy love with Jesus. And that's really living. Amen and amen.